0: Hello and welcome to The Forecast, a podcast about what's going on in the world and how that will affect your investment portfolios. Today I'm very happy and excited to be joined by Guillermo Rain, Professor of Fire Science at Imperial College London. By that description you might have guessed that we are talking about fire today, in particular wildfires. Um, Guillermo, welcome to the show. I wanted to start by asking you Why should we be considering wildfires when thinking about investing and businesses in general? I mean, are we seeing more fires now as a result of climate change?
1: Hello, Charles. Thanks for the opportunity to to be here with with you today. Yeah. So wildfires, Um, just to to start saying that fire is not an invention of humanity. Uh, Nature invented fire. And when we became a species, fire was already raging on planet Earth to the point that actually wildfires have a very important positive um, role to play in, in life on earth. So we, we, we should not be seeing wildfires as just something bad because there is such a thing as good fires that need to happen in, in the forest. In the case of um, humanity relationship with fires is, is dominated by the fact that wildfires are a threat to our safety. The fires can actually kill people. Kill, the flames can kill people, the smoke can kill people and, and hurt our health. It can also destroy our properties. When, fires, when a wildfire approaches the fringes of a populated region, what is called the wildland urban interface, these, these fires can destroy the, the houses, the, 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 the communities, the, the critical infrastructure, the highways, the power stations, whatever it, it finds. And that is um, um, an, a concern. It also when fire is not in equilibrium with the ecosystem, when the ecosystem, the forest or the, the brushland or the heatland, when this is not experiencing the right type of fires with the right frequency and the right intensity, then the ecosystem uh, starts to degrade and it starts to transform into something else. And that means that, for example, valuable ecosystems can actually get uh, hurt and and, they, and we lose that, uh, that ability and the last bit is that there is a link between wildfires and climate change and all this together I think create um, a case for being important to know what might happen in the future. So I mean
0: almost basically what is going to happen in the future where do, do we seem to be heading on that?
1: Well um, I'm an engineer engineers are always very careful not to say things about the future because we, we <laughs> get course. it wrong pretty much every single time but um. So obviously, I don't know what is going to happen in the future, but the community, the scientific community is concerned because what we are seeing is uh, we are seeing a triple um, effect on wildfire behavior. We are seeing that people are moving in and out of the wildland, of the forest, and their presence or the lack of presence actually alters the fire behavior. We are seeing that... uh, the land is changing its use. We, For example, it happened in the Amazon where there is a desire to put plantations and to use the land instead of being a wild forest or a jungle to be, to be used for agricultural production. So the, the change of the land use is also a, a problem. And the third one is climate. The climate yes. is changing slowly in different parts, in different ways. And that is always altering the fire behavior. And what we are seeing is that it's increasing. The fire behavior in places where fire behavior before was almost non-existent. Like, for example, the Arctic. There is such a thing now as Arctic wildfires, which is a concept that if I were to pronounce it about 10 years ago, I would have been kicked out of a, of a, of a scientific meeting. So, okay, Gabriel, why are we having more fires in the Arctic these days? Yeah, so the Arctic wildfires is, is this very strange emerging behavior. Um, Arctic fires has happened in the past but very, very rarely. And it was very difficult to observe them because there is not many people in the Arctic, you can imagine. Uh, But with the development of uh, remote sensing of satellites, satellites can actually always see what's happening in the Arctic. And in the last few years, I would say in the last five years, we are seeing an unprecedented multiplication in the number and the size of fires that are happening in what it is the, the Arctic regions. In, in the forest and the tundra regions of the Arctic. And these, I mentioned before that there are three reasons why wildfire behavior is changing around the world, right? It's changes in population, yeah. changes in land use, and changes of the climate. The Arctic is, is this case where of the three changes, only one is happening. And the Arctic is a case where we use to say that this is a clear example of climate change affecting wildfire behavior. And also when an Arctic land burns, being vegetation on the surface, like the the bush, the grass, or the soil itself, because the Arctic uh, has soil that is rich in carbon as well, when they burn, they they netly produce Carbon emissions because the Arctic grows very slowly. Um, the, the vegetation in the Arctic is, is not like fast vegetation like it happens in the tropics. It, it grows over uh, much longer time scales, which means there is less time for nature to capture again the carbon in the form of vegetation. And, and then the Arctic becomes this dual link with climate, where the climate is leading to more fires and larger fires in the Arctic and the loss of carbon in the Arctic is actually accelerating climate change.
0: So the fires themselves almost contributing to the bigger problem.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and what is happening is that it's not only we are observing more fires, but we are we are predicting, we're forecasting to see even more fires in the Arctic regions. That's uh, pretty worrying uh, to hear from you. Uh, is there anything we can do about this? Uh, in, in the Arctic, because it's related to climate, the only thing that we can do is to keep Keep an eye on them, keep looking at them, keep studying them, keep understanding yeah. them because we still don't understand the ignition sources. We don't understand how they ignite, spread, emit, or how we can stop them. But um, stopping them, for example, I can tell you that the Russian far fight, far fighting brigades have done a good job this year when they were sent to the middle of, the, of Siberia to, to fight these fires. Once they were there, these fires were relatively easy to suppress. They're not fires that are like the ones in California and Australia, which are impossible to suppress. The Arctic fires, everybody realized that they're not raging. They are actually relatively easy. But the, 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 the difficulty is at sending someone there in the middle of Siberia, in the middle of the Arctic, in the middle of Greenland. Because we don't typically have uh, mobile firefighting units that can just be deployed uh, that often. Um, but... That's what we could do. We could uh, understand them better, develop firefighting capabilities in places we we had never had them, and and stop climate change. Yes, yes, I can see that being a problem with Siberia, um, from what I know about it, not the most air
0: friendly place to base a fire station. Um, uh, I guess moving slightly to, you mentioned there the kind of California and Australian uh, wildfire, sorry. Um, do you think? you could explain a little bit about why those happened and some of the damage that was done in those areas.
1: In in Australia?
0: Uh, yes, and California as well. I know you had some uh, big fires recently as well.
1: Yeah, so over the last few years, there have been many places around the world where wildfires have become a, an even bigger problem. And examples are actually the Arctic and Australia and California. So what is happening in Australia, which is, is the opposite, uh, time of the year than California, is Australia has always been a flammable uh, continent. It's, it's, yeah. uh, it is a naturally flammable ecosystem, and it's actually meant to burn with some frequency naturally. The, the two things have happened. One is that, that now there is a lot of people in into the wilderness of Australia, and that means that when a fire that normally would be a natural fire, could actually be a positive fire for the ecosystem... When there is people in the path and there is property in the path, then actually automatically becomes a bad fire that has to be either fight fought or people have to evacuate, and that becomes dramatic. And the second is when Australia is undergoing especially drought conditions and windy conditions, which could be related to climate change or not, but these these things happen. Then the fires become very large and very fast. This um, we call them actually mega fires to give an intent, to give a, a, a sense that this is not the typical. Natural fire, gentle yeah. burning the ecosystem. These are very scary monsters that are approaching um, cities and towns and they're producing plumes of the smoke. And the problem with megafires is that they cannot be extinguished. They cannot be stopped. You, you can, the firefighters can only protect what is called the flanks, so it doesn't move to the sides, and evacuate everybody in their path and literally wait until the wind stops. And then they have a chance maybe with air tankers and the ground crews to suppress it. And what happens in California is very similar to the case of Australia. Uh, with the there the, are the two strange things, well, two unique things that happen in California. One is that because the United States have been really good at suppressing all wildfires for the last hundred years, it means that the North America as as a, as a region has accumulated a lot of fuel, a lot of dead. Um, vegetation that, mm. uh, or life vegetation. So they, their forests, they have less, but they're overgrown in general because they have been suppressing all fires over a over hundred years. So they have excluded all fires, good fires and bad fires. And it means that they're, right now the, the ecosystems in North America are more flammable than they should be. And when there is any fire, then the fires are bigger than they should be. And they become mega fires and scary fires quite quickly. And then California has this issue with power lines. The, the wires are carrying the electricity at high voltage and, and, and high intensity. That when there is wind in California, the power lines have a tendency to swing and actually touch each other and they produce a shower of sparks when that happens. And these showers of sparks, they actually are very, they can ignite wildfires, whatever they happen. So then California has this anthropogenic ignition sources when it's windy, these sparking power lines, and it has an ecosystem that is overgrown and more flammable than normal. So when there is wind and and it's dry, then California has a tendency to have a lot of large fires as opposed to have just a few small fires. I mean, that's quite fascinating that actually they were putting out the wrong fires for so many years
0: that it's now causing a problem uh, to some degree. Um, one point on that, when you talk about the power lines, um, I wondered how much fires kind of get in the way of delivery of electricity and these utilities as well. Is that one of the
1: big risks of these fires? You mean in the sense that the fire can actually also cut the power? To... Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. yeah. In, in, indeed, there, there is a, a dual link between fire and, and power delivery. Is that in California? This doesn't happen in other places. This is something that's very specific of California and, and the US that the power lines can actually ignite fire so often. But it's true that then a big wildfire um, can actually cut and completely destroy your infrastructure, being these power lines or being, for example, power plants or highways or tunnels. Uh, Fire is very destructive when it crosses the path of of human structures. Yes.
0: Um, And I wanted then moving on to talk a little bit about the business side of that then, and whether you're, you know, one, as an academic, whether you're getting requests from businesses to look into the increased risk of this, Um, and two, whether you know much about whether you're seeing businesses in these areas prepare
1: for the the rise of more fires. Yes, it is. There there is a growing um, interest in in industry and insurance, for example, in being able to quantify risk so they can actually take appropriate measurements or to forecast or kind of like see the general tendencies of might happen in the future. And there is um, um, a growing market in that sense. Many of my colleagues, for example, who have been developing computer models for risk in different regions of the world for the firefighters, now they are actually using the same models, but are giving them to insurance companies, for example, that are trying to look into setting, setting premiums based on location and time of the year. Yes, yes. That, that sounds like something that um, is likely to take off even further. Yes, indeed. This is actually, as we speak, a, a growing uh, topic in, in my field. Um, this is something that typically might not see the light of the day often. Um, as a scientist, uh, for, for, for me in particular, for us, it's very important that what we produce it gets shared with everybody, writing journal papers and conferences publicly available. but. Um, this this growing market that I'm, that we're talking about it, it goes and it produces computer models that become proprietary, of, of the specific businesses that are interested in in quantifying risk and and seeing the future of of, of wildfires, and is is this is happening more and more and more, and it's I think it's good news. It's a it's a use of our knowledge as fire scientists that before was not very popular and now is becoming very popular. Yes, then start. It seems like, in general, the climate is becoming
0: much more part of businesses' plans. Uh, I wonder what kind of, if you sort of have any idea of what kind of businesses in particular are potentially at risk here. Um, and one interesting case that I was reading about um, was uh, a vineyard in California, the Newton yeah. Estate, um, owned Indian. by LVMH. Uh, they just had to write it off in their annual report this year um, yeah. because it was uh, caught in the Californian wildfires. Uh, yeah, what is vineyards seem like an obvious sort of business that are hit by these things, but are there any other kinds that are sort of quite obviously in the firing line for one of a better phrase?
1: Yeah, so any any business which um, assets are in in the wild urban interface, which is that the asset um, is is in is in contact with the forest, it, it is an asset that is exposed to wildfires. That's that's unavoidable. Yeah and that's a business that might want or is already doing looking into how to defend how to mitigate or how to foresee what could be the future um uh, there is also a a risk of business interruption which is a different type of of risk if you are close to the wilderness because you might have to evacuate Uh, about every year now as we speak more than 1 million people has to evacuate from their homes and, wow. and their place of work because uh, a, a wildfire is arriving and, and they actually are asked by the authorities to get out of their way. And sometimes when they come back, they come back to, to a, a neighborhood that has burned and, and their houses might have disappeared. Um, which is a, a, so it's obviously you have, you have to recover the house and the office and your business, but you also have been away from where you were for several weeks as what I call them fire refugees. Because these people that have to leave literally within minutes of, of a notice and come back maybe weeks later. That sounds pretty disruptive. Uh, is, is there kind of also a long
0: term risk then from those the, you know, people, once they've had to go through that once, will move their businesses, move their homes?
1: Yeah, well, it is definitely a, a a long-term issue, and we are seeing more of this, not not less. Uh, when we look into there's there is few people who are collecting all the numbers and putting them together, but when we do this, and I we do this recently, for example, with evacuations, wildfire evacuations, uh, the the number of wildfire evacuations around the wall uh, is, is is very clearly growing, um, mm-hmm. so and, and faster than population growth. So it's not just because there is more people um, around that we are having more evacuations is because we are having more people in the wilderness and we are having more big fires. So it's that kind of you know, humans
0: coming towards, the, towards more, the nature more um, in terms of where they're living as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's when people move closer to the wilderness, which is very nice, and obviously times of pandemic, for example, is, is particularly positive for, for our yes. health. And it's very nice, right? Um, but when we do that, not only are we are putting ourselves and our properties in the path of fire, which is something that we've been doing since we became humans, but it, we are also altering the, eco- the, the local ecosystem. Uh, the presence of humans are, are bringing ignition sources, accidental ignition sources. We, our way of life, unfortunately, are ignition sources typically is uh, no uh, throwing cigarettes, uh, barbecues, yes. uh, glass on the floor, the catalyzers of, of cars, uh, this, these things happen. We don't do it on purpose. But we're also altering the ecosystems. We might be altering uh, the backyards and putting trees that actually might create a continuity to the fire spread, or we might be drying uh, some patch of land that actually makes it more flammable, et cetera, et cetera. And you, you mentioned kind of the, the spread in risk. Uh, one recent study
0: was predicting that you would likely to see a few more fires in the UK by 2050. Uh, is that something that businesses even here need to be aware of and people here need
1: to be aware of? Yeah, yeah this is something that is um, not just the UK uh, authorities mm. and the UK businesses, but actually Northern Europe. This is something that yeah. Northern Europe as a whole is sharing that um, we are very clearly seeing more more big fires happening in Northern Europe. And we shared this with Germany. We said this to the north of France, uh, the Netherlands and Ireland and and UK, of of, of course. And to the point that there are actually ongoing conversations of brigades in the north with the brigades of the south, because the south has been fighting these fires for a very long time. I'm I'm from Spain. I mean, Mm -hmm. in in, in Spain, there's no surprise about wildfires. It happens every single summer. And some of them are very large, some of them are not that large, or or Greece, or Italy, or the South of France. But this knowledge and this culture uh, of wildfires doesn't exist in the North. But it it is coming, and the signal is mostly because of climate change. It's not the only one. There are three changes that are altering fire behavior around the world, as I said before. Uh, But one of the three is climate change. And we think that this is slowly bringing bigger fires to the North of Europe. And so there's a risk that we could be caught out in the northern northern European countries. In, indeed. And for example, uh, closer to home, I'm, I'm, I'm in London, um, England has started to have surprisingly fast fires suddenly. Yeah. Um, and literally now it happens almost like every summer, that we have at least one surprisingly large fast fire. And this used to happen once every four years, five years. Now you have it every year in England, just around London. Um, Typically happens. I mean, the UK has two, two, two seasons, two fire seasons, one that just finished, um, and, and the other one is, is coming now, it's is, is going to be at the beginning of, of the summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, the, if you talk to the fire brigades, they, they tell you that they, they might not have done the scientific studies, but they agree that they are getting busier fighting uh, wildfires. And it's not something that the fire brigades in the UK had the emphasis on. The fire brigades in the UK have to share the fighting fires in a building and fighting the fires in the forest. It's the same fire brigade that is doing both. And so there's a lack of, potentially a lack of specialist training as well. Well, they are definitely trained, but they are saying that they need to be trained more. They need to develop yeah. the technologies and the abilities. I mean, for example, a fire brigade that does both buildings and forest, which happens UK, in UK very often, they need two sets, two, two, way of, two ways of dressing. Uh, If they are called to a fire fire, uh, a a wildfire, they have to go and put themselves into a completely different uh, suit and boots, and they have to actually drive a different vehicle, and they have to use a different type of water delivery system, and they have to use a completely different strategy, which maybe later on in the afternoon, they're actually called to a fire in a house, and they have to completely change the technology and the way of thinking.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: and that's obviously a
0: challenge for anyone to kind of adapt that way. I wondered if we could finish quickly by discussing potentially some of the solutions, um, in particular when you're looking at businesses, Um, I wondered if we could talk a little bit about responsible businesses in regards to fire and in regards to um, using the environment, so particularly things like timber, Um, obviously the Amazon wildfires were a big story a couple of years ago. is is there other particular things you know, both businesses and investors should be looking out for in this regard
1: yeah okay so sustainability and and the ecosystem and the forest it has always been a big big topic and fire has always been present maybe not at the forefront but always yeah. been present for example timber industries they 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 have a lot of knowledge on fire they they develop it because it's part of a system it actually is in their best interest to control Uh, the fire behavior, because it will lead to healthier uh, trees, but also because it will not destroy their assets. Um, So maybe having more conversations with with the timber industry and putting them at the forefront of how they've been dealing with this and how they would like to deal with sustainability in the future is a a good way. Uh, Then we have bad examples, as it happens in the Amazon, where the land use is being changed from uh, wild jungles, uh, no, uh, rain, rainforest into plantations, and, and that involves the destruction of ecosystem. That's a really bad example of a non-sustainable uh, business that is moving in, in many parts of the Amazon. This is also happening in Southeast Asia. In Indonesia, for example, the pitlands of Malaysia as well, they are being changed. They are, they are going from being beautiful natural pitlands that has stored an incredible amount of carbon naturally by nature into being put into production for, for different um, systems, for example, for different products. For example, palm um, oil is, is one of them. And, and they produce a significant amount of income to the to the country, to the company, and to the local population. But they, they are, if not done properly, they quickly become unsustainable and they create damage to the ecosystem. And this has happened and continues happening and hopefully... With the help of science and, and the, the community, we are moving towards more sustainable businesses and less uh, uh, non-sustainable businesses.
0: And so do you have um, some hopes then that things might change through kind of engaging sustainably,
1: through stuff like sustainable investing? Yeah, I'm, well, I'm, as a person, I'm very optimistic. Everybody that knows me, so I'm optimistic. I always see the bright side uh, ahead. Uh, but So we hope for the best, but we prepare for the worst. What, what we are seeing is that things are getting better in the future, in the sense, for example, more businesses are, are opening their ears to listen about fire and, and the damage that they might be producing to the ecosystem. Uh, but, but we are far from being where we want to be, and we are far from resolving the problem. But we are in a way that if, if this continues like this and more people Listen to uh, the fire problems and the fire solutions, then we will be in better hands. Great. Thank you very much for joining me, Kim.